1: Come up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn.
0: You want a college football Saturday? How about six ranked versus ranked matchup? Seven unbeaten versus unbeaten. Eighth meeting all time between Ohio State and Notre Dame. Both are ranked in the top ten. Could have a Saturday in which Alabama and Clemson are eliminated from the college football playoff. Really could happen. Not in October yet. Bama plays Ole Miss. Clemson plays Florida State at Death Valley. Also have uh, big-time games out in the Pac-12 and some pretty good games in the Big 12, including the Longhorns and Waco. Will it be a good game is the question because uh, the Longhorns are favored by more than two touchdowns and seem to have the advantage across the board. But it's Waco, sold out, raucous crowd. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian this hour talking about the keys to the victory and their success in Waco, and coming up in about uh, seven minutes, we're going to call our friend Bobby Burton. Bobby Burton inside Texas on three sports. Get his thoughts on this big game coming up. It's uh, Longhorns, as we say, the Embrace the Hate Tour begins for the Longhorns because it's going to be uh, pretty hateful for the Longhorns when they go on the road for the your final channel games against these teams in the Big 12. Of course, they helped to found the Big 12 back in the mid-'90s, and, now they're taking off from the Big 12 to join the Southeastern Conference next year, so not a lot of love lost between these programs now moving forward, and their last chance at the Longhorns. Uh, so we'll have that. If you're just tuning in and uh, saying, "Hey, where's Rod Babers?" Rod Babers is—I'm uh, assuming I don't know this, but uh, likely on the way to the hospital because his wife uh, Melissa went into labor this morning, or I think in labor. I shouldn't say that. She her water broke, uh, but typically, not usually, what that means—it is sometimes your water will break and you know, nothing death, will you know. happen. Uh, sometimes everything, every, every well, I'm not I'm, I'm not need, a pediatrician a by any that. stretch, but uh, uh, you know, I've heard of that where water breaks and the contractions don't start immediately. Sometimes you've got a if you're a but pedi- it's not like
2: your water breaks and then like a week later.
0: Well, so a pediatrician could tell better, but um, I'm assuming that's happened. I doubt it because when the water breaks, that means this thing's ready to come. Uh, you know, it's it's the the water that surrounds the the fetus and everything. There's okay, we're ready to go. they we're, we're pop- You popped some kind of wall breaks? or Yes, something. that's a signal that this thing's
2: ready to roll, but then it takes contractions. and I should begin. have paid attention in Tony Salazar's health class.
0: <laughs> Coach Salazar at Westlake, they've got a pretty big game tonight out at Lake Travis, uh, two of the top teams in this area, uh, and it's the annual battle of the lakes. I'm glad this year that it's not the same week as Texas OU, because a lot of times in the last decade, it's been that same Friday. It's early,
2: earlier than,
0: than I I, I swear, a bunch of times where we're headed up to Dallas for Texas OU, it's that Friday night. So I don't get to see it or go to it or even know really pay attention to it. Uh, this week, I well on this time around, I obviously will. This is you know, pretty early on in their in their district play, uh, game number two. Uh, so we'll preview that for you. Also preview the big baseball weekend. Don't forget about that. Ten days to go in the baseball season. Ten games, Rangers and Mariners for three this weekend. Huge ball games. Every pitch, every inning will matter there for sure. And we've got week number three in the NFL. With that in mind, let's get the headlines, trending topics to start. Your, Thursday, your Friday morning coming out of Thursday night. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Yeah, NFL Week 3 did kick off last night in San Francisco. Niners roll past the New York Football Giants 30 to 12. They improved 3 0 on the season. It's their 13th straight regular season W. Brock Purdy remains undefeated in games. He starts and finishes through for 310. And the pair of scores, one of those came to Debo Samuel, who Caught six balls for 129 yards. And running back Christian McCaffrey found the end zone for his 12th straight game. Niners rolled up 440 yards of total offense to the Giants' 150. Terrible news for the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Confirmation from the team that all-pro quarterback Trevon Diggs tore the ACL on his left knee during their morning practice at the Star Complex. He will be out for the remainder of the season. Just signed that big contract in training camp. It's a huge blow to a defense that is coming off a tremendous start. First two games, they allowed just 10 points sacked opposing quarterbacks 10 times and 4-7 turnovers. Diggs has forced two of those. Uh, he's tied for the NFL in interception since entering the league in 2020 with 18. He had a franchise record 11 in 2021 alone. Cowboys are 2-0. They'll travel to Arizona, the 0-2 Cardinals, Sunday afternoon, 325. Also from the NFL, former Texas running back Jamal Charles, one of nine players nominated for the Pro, Bowl Hall of, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Class of 2024 in their first year of eligibility, the lifetime long one from Port Arthur, Texas, Played 11 seasons for the Chiefs, Broncos, and Jags, mostly with the Chiefs. Nine years there, posted over 10,000 total yards. Found the end zone 64 times, despite playing a full 16 games just three times in his career. Other first-time nominees include Brandon Marshall, the wide receiver, Jordy Nelson, tight end Antonio Gates, and defensive end Julius Peppers. College football stage set for a huge Saturday, as we just said, the first full day of fall will include six-ranked matchups and big games across the country and in the Big 12. In the Big 12, 16th ranked Oklahoma is going to be at Cincinnati. First time the Sooners have ever played there. Uh, 3-0 BYU is at 3-0 Kansas. And, of course, at McLean Stadium in Waco, Steve Sarkeesian. And the third-ranked Longhorns begin that Embrace the Hate Tour. Through the Big 12, they'll face the Baylor Bears.
3: Everywhere we go this year, everybody's going to try to take one more shot at Texas. Okay? So – we can sit here and, and be a punching bag and just take it, or we can go attack people and, and make sure that they know they were in a fight too Saturday night. And that's our mentality going into this game.
0: Game kicks at 6.30. Our pregame coverage here on the Horn goes live at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon from Doc's Backyard in Sunset Valley.
2: Point headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn rowers in stock this month at Top Gun. Topgun.net we will shoot you straight.
0: They certainly will. Brandon Mars and his great team there. And uh, you have Doc's Backyard. Mar-Doc's, if you, I'm sure you've been there. We used to hold our watch parties there. It's right there uh, on the end of Brody going into 290 and then uh, between Brody and the Burger Center. Great spot. Great spot. Indoor, outdoor. Uh, garage doors will be up, I would assume, and then when the night comes, it'll be a great spot. Indoor, outdoor, TVs everywhere. Drink specials, $4 Bud Lights, those burn orange cans and the aluminum cans of Bud Light, only 4 bucks. plus pitchers, if you've got a big group, pitchers of Bud Light, Budweiser, and Michelob Ultra for $16. bucks. can not beat that anywhere in town. So come out and join us. We'll be there 4 to 6 with the pregame, and then the game itself kicks at 6.30. And as we said, we're sending prayers to our buddy Rod Babers and his wife. They're headed to the hospital. I'm assuming have their first child. Only so far, since I've been doing the show with Rod since uh, you know, early August, he's he's gone to the doctor's appointments, and so far everything's been great. Just uh, you know, routine checkups and that kind of stuff. So we're hoping everything goes good for he and uh, Melissa today. So um, just keep keep those guys. a well, surprising
2: your... call this morning, though.
0: Yeah, I bet he was. <laughs> Even more surprising. Well, somebody asked, "Did he get his jog in before?" I'm, the I'm work sure he was on his. Ride. I'm sure he did because Rod gets up and you know runs four miles before he leaves for here, and he called me at about five forty, uh, so he was probably just about to walk out the door. And um, good because he would have gotten here and then had to go home essentially. So you know, saved him a trip. Good job. Good timing. And so we'll man the ship on a Friday and helping us do that. And we'll have some guests along the way because Rod is not here, but look who it is. Let's go to the Vaqueros hotline and this will serve as Rod's rant of the morning. It's our man, Bobby Burton uh, inside Texas on three sports. And one of my co-hosts on the inside Texas watch with us in game broadcast, which we love doing on the YouTube channel. there on Texas football with you with uh, inside Texas. Hello, Bobby. Good morning.
4: Hey, Aaron. How you doing? Hey, doing
0: good. Doing good. Week four is here. Now, um, uh, how are you? How are things at Inside Texas? You guys are blowing up. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it each and every Saturday.
4: Oh, it's fun. I mean, we're having a good time. Not only with the watch with us, but the post game. I mean, we we're we're having a good time with that that channel and, and allowing allowing uh, meeting a lot of different Texas friends from around the country, uh, not just in Austin. It's it's been a blast. I, I think it's. I, I think back to my first time right now. My my thought. I, I heard you earlier talking about Rod and. I talked with him last night um, as well about you know the, the impending possibility of this, and he is a new father. He he, does, he doesn't know yet, Aaron, what's going to hit him when, when this happens. Well, you know Rod, and but I know Rod.
0: I'm, He's uh, no no one more prepared than Rod, right? No one is more thorough right. and detail oriented, and uh, uh, and you just can't you can't prepare for this because you, you just don't know, right? Mother Nature takes over, and you're you're just kind of riding the wave and for someone like rod that's i'm sure that that can be nerve-wracking for sure but i'm sure he will handle it just fine uh but yeah i'm glad you got to talk to him last night and i actually missed his call this morning i had my phone upside down and uh he had to call ty so i didn't get to say hi to him so hoping all the best for him. well he
4: told me he told me last night aaron he was putting in the the car seat last night. <laughs> there you go. Always prepared. Just in time. Just in time. Just in time. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, all right. So inside Texas, and uh, what's your feel on this, uh, Bobby Burton with us, what's your feel on this game? I have said... I mean, I just watched this this tape of Baylor, and nothing really impressive. Uh, Doesn't you know, just look pretty bad, actually. Uh, that that Texas State game stands out because I don't think that was much of a fluke. That was, you know, Texas State was pretty damn good in that game. Uh, what have you seen from Baylor that that scares you as you prepare for this game tomorrow night?
4: Well, I think they can play tight games. Uh, I think they can run the ball. They're averaging four, a little over four point six yards per carry. Uh, So they can run the ball uh, and they can try to play keep away, not unlike what Wyoming and Rice tried to do a little bit, right? Um, The question is whether or not their quarterback is going to be up to that task, whereas uh, Rice and and Wyoming tried to hit high percentage passes. Baylor tries to do a little bit more in the passing game downfield. Uh, Their quarterback's averaging almost 15 yards per completion, which is almost unheard of. The the problem with that is he's averaging – He's only completing 45% of his passes. Uh, now, that being said, Steve Sarkeesian in yesterday's press conference for the Longhorns said that he felt like Sawyer Robertson, who's the uh, quarterback given Blake Chapin's injury up in Waco. Sawyer Robertson had his best half of football, he thought, in the second half of the Long Island game last week. So maybe he's gaining some confidence and we see a better Baylor offense uh, in the passing game uh, on Saturday night. That would be a concern for the Longhorns. Uh, the Baylor defense has been fairly stingy, regardless. I mean, they gave up twenty points to Utah, and seven of it came in the fourth quarter. Or Ten of it, I think, came in the fourth quarter. So, it's not like the Baylor defense has gone anywhere um, to that that extent. Um, it's just that their offense hasn't been able to score all that much.
0: Yeah, uh, hurting them. And obviously, the Blake Shapin injury, critical to them because he, as I mentioned earlier, Sawyer Robertson came in from Mississippi State. He's been an air raid quarterback his whole life and you know, grew up out in Lubbock in uh, the air raid system, and that's why he went to Mississippi State to play for Mike Leach and then transferred in. So he's he's like learning how to take snaps from under center. He's learning how to run this outside zone offense, and that's – you know those steps and things are, are are critical. See if the Longhorns can take advantage of that, and uh, uh, they do like to run the ball and then play action and push it down the field. As Bobby Burton mentioned, what's been, what's your diagnosis of this Texas offense, Bobby? Through three games, I mean it's uh, sporadic. I guess is what I would put. They're they're explosive. Uh, it's kind of the opposite of last year. Last year they were really good for three quarters offensively, typically, and then would play poorly in the fourth quarter. This year they're really just playing one good quarter of football offensively. What's uh, you know is, how much of it is Quinn yours? How much of it is uh, you know trying to find an identity? What do you think's going on with this offense and what needs to change?
4: And you know what are teams doing to Texas right now to be different than a year ago? That's mm-hmm. that's the other one too because Steve Sarkeesian said that basically two games now Wyoming and. Um, Wyoming and Rice. Uh, Rice both played played a style of defense. Texas wasn't necessarily expecting out of the gates from them, and they had to react to it. Now, they eventually did. They had great fourth quarters, and uh, a great fourth quarter against Wyoming, had a good second half, really great third quarter against Rice uh, to separate in that game, um, and then had a good game overall against Alabama, in my opinion. Um, so, it's been too inconsistent, uh, perhaps. I, I read a stat that, that kind of resonates with me on Wednesday, and that was that Texas has not been very effective on first downs um, compared to the rest of the country. In fact, they're one of the they're in the 100s when it comes to rank on first down efficiency. Um, and you know that, that can create an inconsistent offense when you're not able to just get the next first down. And you're playing, you're throwing the deep ball and/or looking for the big play, Um, and so that feel of inconsistency uh, can can give you some uncertainty. I think at quarterback, Uh, if your quarterback's trying to throw the ball downfield and you know say the receiver doesn't catch a ball one time that he maybe should, all of it mixed together, I think, leads to a feel of uh, of inconsistency that it it, it is concerning to Texas fans because what's going to happen if you have four quarters of that instead of just two or three, like we've seen in, in a couple of games so far.
0: No question. It'll it'll crop up. The other side of that is what if you put four good quarters together with the way this defense yes. is playing, because the defense has been lights out in all these games. And it's interesting that they're the offense and defense are kind of you know contrasting and, and opposite. The the offense inconsistent uh, but then gets explosive. The defense has been really consistent, uh, but then they'll give up some explosive plays, right? The only Wyoming play was that long run. Alabama hit some deep shots on them that uh, kept them in that game. Uh, but outside of those explosives, the defense has been outstanding.
4: I, I really love what, what Pete Kwiatkowski has done there. Um, you you Of all the parts of the Texas team, Um, You can see the maturation year over year over year so far, right? Mm -hmm. So his first year they just didn't have the guys. They looked kind of out of place at times, and the second half were just disasters. They went 5-7. and Last year you saw the defense become more of the glue of the team. Uh, Really solid games late, uh, kept them in the TCU game until the very end, uh, and were dominant in other uh, opportunities as well. And so I feel like Aaron, this year is the year to go even further, and right now they're ranked number one in the nation in defense and FEI by ESPN. And so my my take on this is that you know we look at we look at the, we look at this, and uh, I, I just feel like Pete Kwiatkowski has improved each and every season as his defense has gotten older. They've matured with him. Guys like Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, Jaron Thompson. Tavondre Swift, Byron Murphy, all those guys are just the backbone of this team and of this defense.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be the key tomorrow. You mentioned, I mean, I, I've already you, you just said it, but I'll put it in a bumper sticker version. First down is the key to this game on both sides, right? If the Longhorns can win first down on defense and force Sora Robertson into long down and distance, they have a chance to force some turnovers and really wreak havoc on this Baylor team. Meanwhile, Baylor is able to run the ball. You know, Texas defense has to stay gap sound. They've got to control that outside zone. You know, set the edge. All those things you have to do. They've shown the ability to do that. And then on the, on the offensive side, you just said it. The Texas has to be better on first down. That's to me was when we're doing the end game tomorrow night, Bobby. That's something we'll both be watching closely. Texas on first down on both sides of the ball.
4: Yeah, and I will say this. So one of the big players Texas lost from last year's game or last year's team is Mora Ojomo. Um, and Morrow did a tremendous job against Baylor, in my opinion, of really thwarting that outside run game in spots and, and controlling that. Texas does not have him, clearly. So that's going to be the job of guys like Vernon Broughton, Alfred Collins, Jeray Bledsoe, potentially. I mean, um, and so that's, let, let's see how those guys, are, if they're, those guys are up to the task uh, because Morrow is a little bit more of a run stopper than those three that I just mentioned. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what that looks like this uh, come Saturday night. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued because if Baylor can run the ball, it's a long night for any team, right? It, it, that's just their MO. Uh, and so Texas has to come out and stop that run. I think they'll be able to. I do believe that. But at the same time, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can do it consistent, consistently. The one thing I would tell folks who haven't watched Baylor, if it's third and seventh, They're just as likely to run an outside zone play, as play action pass. So they they will run the ball on third and medium.
0: Yeah, you got to be ready for that because they're willing to go for it on fourth down too. So if they can get you know third and seven, they get four yards. It's fourth and three, they'll go for it uh, quite often.
4: Yeah, especially if they're Aaron. They've already gone for it ten times on fourth down this year and uh, completed eight of them. Well, that game against you're right
0: that that game against Long Island last week that no one saw because I don't even know if it was on TV. um, The you know, the uh, they, they ran the ball over. I mean, that's all they did. They just were trying to really work on their run game, knowing they're going to have to have it against Texas. They're going to have any chance in this game. Last thing, Bobby, and then we'll preview the weekend and how folks can watch the end game and everything happening inside Texas. Uh, Quinn, yours. You've could, been covering Texas, uh, gosh, for 30-plus years now. Seen a lot of quarterbacks. What's, what's your read on Quinn right now? He's, you know, he's his, high, his ceiling is extremely high, but then he does have some – Some pretty low floors at times where he just struggles again to complete basic passes and miss throws. What's your read on Quinn and where he is in his progression? 13 starts in.
4: Uh, Streaky. I think he's streaky. Um, And that's why I think that when you get him going early, I think you get a better game out of him overall. Um, And so when you throw the short game, which he is extremely accurate in, by the way, uh, hats off to him because he is as accurate in the short game as you can be. But you get him going uh, that way, and I think you lead yourself into a better long-term performance from him the rest of the game because he's he's got that that confidence. He's got the first taste of blood, um, but I think he's streaky still. Um, and uh, Texas, if Texas is gonna gonna be where they want to be at the end of this year, they need a little bit more consistency and high level of consistency from him. Uh, and so that that's the reality. But I'll say this: he is a young quarterback. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, who works with us at Denside, Texas, always says this is only his thirteenth or fourteenth game starting, and he really should be a freshman and a redshirt freshman right now. If nothing else, um, he you got to remember he skipped his senior year of high school to go be uh, to go sit on the bench at Ohio State. Did not get much time there at all. And I think that people just are, are trying to force him to be great immediately because he has so many obvious tools, Aaron. Um, and this stuff takes time. It, it, it does. I mean, it, it does for everybody at every position. Not everybody's just great straight out of the, the box. And Sark's offense is not exactly easy for a quarterback at times. So you have to remember that, too. I mean, it's, uh, I'm a big Quinn Ewers fan. I understand that he has limitations right now though too uh, and those limitations are he just he's still learning the game.
0: Yeah can't coach experience and he doesn't have a ton of it especially in skipping that high school season that uh, who knows how impactful that is on his overall development so uh, uh, the Longhorns are still 3-0 they're ranked third in the country and they're a two touchdown plus favorite at Baylor. Uh, Bobby Burton inside Texas on three sports and uh, Tell folks how they can watch us tomorrow, Bobby, and all the programming you have. You guys go all day tomorrow on Inside Texas and the YouTube channel, and then you and you and I will do the end game. Are, are you a part of the end game? I don't even know the the roster yeah. of guests that are going to join me when we go in game starting about six fifteen tomorrow evening.
4: Well, I don't think it'll be Rod. No,
0: no, Rod <laughs> might be might, might be holding babies, which we would hope to see. He
4: was he was penciled in for one quarter, I think. <laughs> no, it'll be myself, Jerry Hamilton, Ian Boyd. Uh, we'll all be on with you uh, tomorrow during the watch with us, and I think it's a great opportunity for people to, uh, if they, if they are interested in it, uh, hear kind of game talk as the game is going on, it, it, and it's more from a Texas point of view, like what the Longhorns need to do, and maybe what Baylor is trying to do to Texas. Uh, so it's just a, a little elevated uh, level of discussion, I think, uh, and then we have the post game show as well. Drew Kelson, the former Longhorn. Uh, national champion linebacker, uh, he, he will be on the post game with us uh, and then we have a Saturday conversation to start the morning off with Paul Wadlington uh, on inside Texas and on Texas football as well but it's a uh, it's an all-day affair uh, long Longhorn, Longhorn football for us is a party so uh, come come join us uh, at inside Texas or in our on Texas Football
0: Yep. Just go to YouTube, uh, YouTube TV, or just your YouTube channel, and you do, uh, type in On Texas Football, and it's uh, right there. And you uh, watch all the shows you want, and certainly during the game, turn the sound down and turn us up on your laptop or your other television, and we'll be right there with you taking you through the game in real time with great analysis, and uh, I love being a part of it. It's a blast. Thank you, Bobby. Appreciate it, and uh, we're all wishing Rod well.
4: All right, you take care
0: and have a good one, Bobby Burton, the best over at Inside Texas and On Three Sports, and I'll yeah, I'll do the watch party over the pregame show over at Docs tomorrow, four to six, and then uh, head over and uh, do the uh, the end game uh, as well. Well, which we don't just fire up the laptop and here we go uh, talking Texas and Baylor. The uh, Embrace the Hate Tour. We're going to hear, speaking of that tour, from Steve Sarkeesian coming up from his Monday or his his Thursday Zoom. He does a Zoom every Thursday after practice. We'll get his thoughts on Baylor's strengths. Also, uh, what his team's week of practice has been like as they get set for the Bears. Also, the rest of the big week of college football. Um, Big weekend. Great weekend coming. Sports wise, it's Ian Rodby. Hook him up on.
1: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook 'em up. 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn.
0: Friday on the Horn, it's Ian Hook hook 'em up. This says horns up to Mr. Mrs. Rodby As a new dad myself, I can't wait to hear Rod's take on fatherhood. Guaranteed to be hilarious and wholesome. Absolutely true. We wish Rod and uh, his wife the best as they head uh, off to the they're a venture. And as uh, as Bobby Burton said, who also works with Rod and talked to him last night, uh, Rod's a very detail-oriented guy, specific guy, already has the car seat in the car. And he didn't even know when he was putting the car seat in the car yesterday that uh, – yeah, because Rod left yesterday, Ty, when you were going over to do the punt, pass, and kick competition with Casey, and he was going to come over, but he said, man, wife's got a list of honeydews i got to get done. Got to get these done. Because we know how this goes, right? The football weekend starts tomorrow. Like, we're going all day tomorrow. I told you last Friday – Use last weekend as your hall pass. Use last weekend as your, you know, go do something fun or help out, projects, all that, because you're going to want to be locked in tomorrow early. It's going to be heck tardy in the night. You're going to want to watch the Rangers-Mariners game. Uh, if you're still following the baseball, you're going to want to watch the, we're keeping on the Lake Travis-Westlake high school game, the Battle of the Lakes here in town. And then we go early and often tomorrow with uh College football across the board. It's as good a Saturday as we've seen in a long, long time as far as ranked matchups and compelling college football. Park it on the couch. Park it on the couch. Or from 4 to 6 tomorrow out of Doc's Backyard in Sunset Valley. You can watch all the games. We'll have them up on all the TVs. We'll be doing our pregame. I'm assuming Rod will not be there, so i may need your help tomorrow, Ty.
2: Okay. Maybe Patrick Davis as well.
0: Patrick and myself and you. And, uh, yeah, we'll get you ready for the game. Maybe get some special guests out there. It's a great spot. And then uh, 630, the Longhorns will kick off. And also one of the great reasons to hang out at Doc's Backyard tomorrow night to watch that is they'll have the Notre Dame-Ohio State game on as well um, on a different television. It'll be primarily Texas and Baylor, but they'll find a couple TVs because they have so many that they can throw that um, Notre Dame-Ohio State game. I'm really excited to see that game. And, you know, to to try to even predict that game is difficult, right? I mean – you know Ohio State's offense has kind of scuffled along, but you still know they're Ohio State, and they're trying to break in a new quarterback. Notre Dame has already played four games. Remember, they started the season early with that game over in Ireland against Navy. So this is game five for them, and their quarterback, Sam Hartman, has been tremendous. Uh, he has uh, got 13 touchdowns, no picks, been outstanding. Exactly what Notre Dame's been looking for is a kind of a franchise quarterback for what they do, and uh, we shall see. Uh, all right. So, uh, coming up for the top of the hour, we'll do some bullish or BS, including today's the anniversary of one of the great uh, sound clips of all time, sound bites of all time. We'll say we'll find out where it ranks on the all time list. Also, a Lifetime Longhorn is now up for nomination to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll do some bullish or BS there. Also, then the NFL game from last night with the 49ers rolling along, rolling up over the Giants. It wasn't uh, dominating from front to back like the Cowboys was over the Niners, over the Giants, but, man, at the end of the day, you look up and they outgained the Giants 440 yards to buck 50. Um, But the Giants played better in this game than they did against the Cowboys, for sure, and they blitzed the hell out of Brock Purdy, uh, and he handled it just fine, just fine. As we told you, they blitzed Brock Purdy on uh, 33 of his 39 dropbacks in that game. They came after him, brought the heat. And he navigated it perfectly. Didn't turn the ball over threw for 310 yards and uh, two touchdowns. That array of weapons. I mean, just look up and down the stat Brandon Ayuk didn't even play. Uh, They're their other top-end receiver. So Debo Samuel had a huge game. Christian McCaffrey had a huge game. George Kittle had a really good game. And uh, the Giants, excuse me, the 49ers are now 3-0. Uh, Cowboys will try to get to 3-0 coming up on. because That's what we're watching in the NFC right now. Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers. And the Eagles play, who do the Eagles play this weekend? Mm. I know this. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you here in a second, but uh, they're already they play on
2: Monday night. They play. That's
0: right. That's why I haven't seen that game because I've been looking at the Sunday schedule. They play at the Bucks. Ooh. Baker. 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 Touchdown, maker And the uh, undefeated. Who would have thought? Two and zero. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One of those teams will come out three and zero on Monday Night Football. That's part of the double header of Monday Night Football that we get this week. Another double dip. One on ABC. One on ESPN. It says, "Does Rod's baby come out with a mini yellow legal pad full of notes?" Well, we'll see. It's a she. We know that. But no, Rod does not do the yellow legal pad. He uses spiral notebooks. Because one of the things you'll find when you see Rod, he's got, you know, you know, when you rip a piece of paper off a spiral notebook, it's got all those little phrases, all those little chads, those hanging deals. They'll be all over his area of the of the floor over there. Yeah, I don't know how he does that. It's, it's unbelievable. It's Not very
2: organized, or at
0: least no, it's completely it organized. It
2: doesn't look organized to me. Right. I'm sure to, it's organized to, to him.
0: To the naked eye, it looks completely disorganized. But I I, I watch him sometimes because I'll bring up a st- something. And he didn't know I was going to say it or whatever. And and he will somehow in his backpack find a a piece of paper that's got a stat associated with what I'm talking about. And he'll add his deep dive. And he he knows how to find it. He's got it uh, perfectly organized to the Rod Babers way. And yes, he still writes everything out. I I write almost nothing. Well, with a pen, I, I I don't. That's why my pan, my handwriting is so poor. I'm so computer dominant. Everything I do, I type I'd out. I'd much
2: rather write something out than than. Have it on the computer.
0: See, I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite. I type everything.
2: I can't read on the computer.
0: Oh, wow. I do. I can
2: read on my phone, but going on a computer, like in in college, a lot of the times they'd have a digital version of the textbook. And they'd be like, oh, you have to read 40 pages in this textbook online never would
0: do it I am a never typer I'm a typer for sure whether it's on my iPad which I have here and then my on the computer Microsoft Word i I ty- I type a lot of notes i you'll be amazed how many like on my phone on the note feature like right, the note app I use it all the time, just, you know, typing thoughts, things I want to remember, top topics I might want to bring up tomorrow, things I want to investigate for the show. Just when you're when you're thinking it, you got to type it out or else I'll forget it because I'm old. I'm getting old. I'm losing my mind. But, uh, so yeah, the, the Note app on my phone is uh, essential. All right, so there we go. There's a little uh, non-football, but let's get back to it. We just talked to Bobby Burton, Talking Texas. We'll do bullish or BS for the top of the hour. Let's hear Sark at his Thursday Zoom conference. We'll call this behind the burn orange curtain uh, if Rod were here. But uh, let's, let's hear number 2 here, Ty. Uh, early down success. We just heard Bobby say it. We've said it. Longhorns have to get better on first down. It's what's led to their inconsistency offensively. Uh, if you go back to the Rice game, a lot of deep shots they took on first down that would make it second and ten. Uh and Bobby also mentioned that you know teams are showing different looks than they're they've trained for, planned for, and they're having to adjust to that on the fly. But here's Sark on uh, what they've worked on this week. They tried to be better on first and second down.
3: You know, I think inevitably it's just being intentional. You know, we we want to be intentional with with the with the things that, that we're asking of them, whether it's the run game, the pass game, you know, it's run defense, pass defense you know we just really feel like when when you win the f- first down you got a much better chance of winning third down and staying on the field or and or getting off the field on defense and so um if you can get positive yards on first down that allows you to you know do some different things on second down um but if you get forced with a third down you're in that you're in that you know much greater makeable range from a percentage standpoint to convert and extend drives
0: all right there it is um got to be more intentional and you wonder if the breakout performance last week in the second half, especially, but really the whole game from Jonathan Brooks, you know, gives Sark confidence that, okay, because I think if you've listened to Sark through the training camp and into the start of the season, Ty and folks, he, he really isn't sure who his running back is. Like last year, you knew, right? You had Bijan and Roshan, and you were trying to make sure you got enough carries for all those guys, and sometimes he didn't get enough. Uh, in some of these games, but you can tell even through the spring and then into the fall camp, and now it's like, hey, who's my running back? Who's my lead dog? What does my running game look like? And I think that's maybe led to some of the lack of identity for this offense. Rod Babers says it the best. Last year it was the identity was put some Bijan on it. Whenever you got into a spot, you you give it to Bijan. This year they're still trying to figure that out. Is it, is it Quinn in the passing game? And sometimes that's erratic and, and and up and down. But you know what? The run game came through at the end of the Alabama game. Just close it out, and then yet yeah, last week with a 167-yard performance from Jonathan Brooks. Jody could be your bell cow. You've already seen Jonathan shine out of the backfield in the passing game. Well, now he's your running back, and C.J. Baxter is coming back for this game. So you remember they closed out the Baylor game a year ago on the ground in that fourth quarter. You wonder if they start this game, as Rod has predicted, in the heavy packages and try to run the football. Get Quinn yours out with some you know play actions and some short passes because it still is, to me, the key to their ceiling is to be able to run the football consistently. They're getting there. Let's hear uh, Sark uh, talk about this Baylor defense and what he has seen on film from Baylor. They're 1-2, and two, but Dave Aranda, you know he's going to have something uh, special for the Longhorns.
3: Well, I think one, you know, I, 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 I want to keep belaboring labor in the point, but they're well coached. You know, Dave's been doing it a long time at multiple stops, Utah State, Wisconsin, LSU, now Baylor. Uh, And it's definitely his defense. You know, it's, I know they've changed coordinators, but, but it's, it's his defense. And so um, the reality is one, they've got the scheme 2 they've got really big bodies up front. You know, they're a physical front. They're long. Um, They do, they do a good job of kind of with gap integrity. Uh, And when they're playing really good, um, they don't have to, they don't have to, you know, kind of put an extra hat in the box to defend the run. They can play the pass and with their coverage units, uh, whether it's the the five DBs, depending on the formation and, and trust that front to defend the run. Um, and then they've got a multitude of ways that they can play their coverages in the back end to match your routes. And so, um, uh, you know, you add all that up, that 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 bodes well from from a good defensive standpoint, especially when you're at home uh, and things can get harder on the offense from a communication standpoint.
0: All right, yeah, and uh, up front for sure, uh, and Longhorn fans will know the name Byron Vaughns. Remember him, Ty? He came out of Fort Worth and was a Longhorn, but then he transferred to Utah State. Now he's a Baylor. Now he's a Baylor through the portal. His third stop, and he's one of their better edge rushers. Uh, He's one of their better pass rushers on on money downs. Uh, Utah State, he had 99 tackles and 19 tackles for a loss and some sacks. Now he's part of that Dave Aranda defense, one of the guys they targeted into the portal. Uh, They they list him as a linebacker, but he really – you know, puts his hand on the ground quite a bit in pass rushing situations. Byron Vaughn's a guy to watch. Their middle is a pretty good player, but as this tech says, I don't want to. And this is pretty blunt, but it's right. This is the worst Baylor team in over five years. Just don't do anything dumb, and you win easily. I agree with that. That's that's essentially that's exactly, essentially my thought on this game. Uh, Baylor does nothing on tape that scares you. Um, yes, they can run the ball. Yes, they can be physical. Yes, they've got a good scheme, but they're not, they're not special. Um, So but, you know, we saw Wyoming who, you know, had, you know, know, Wyoming actually had been more special on film coming into the game. Wyoming's better than Baylor. Yeah, I've said all week I would pick Wyoming to beat Baylor in the matchup because that's just where Baylor is. So if you don't play down to that and you don't turn the football over, and that's one thing, whatever Quinn Ewers has been as far as erratic and up and down, he had not turned the ball over. Uh, he hasn't had that critical interception and that or that the critical throw that you want back. So if he keeps doing that and they continue to establish his running game, uh, I think Texas will be fine. I uh, really do. I mean, but don't go in and play like Utah did. Obviously, Utah was playing no, with the back quarterback, no, don't, but don't play look,
2: just to win. They need to go in and handle Baylor. And right. Win, I mean, win they, by listen, I, I'm I'm hoping at least thirty points.
0: Look, this is all gas no breaks, y'all. How did they beat Alabama? They were aggressive. They went after it. I mean, this is. I don't think we see Sark do that. I don't. I don't think he's fearful of that. He 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 want look if he gets to thirty points in this game, he's winning, right? And if he gets to thirty one, they're going to win by a touchdown at least. Because I don't see Baylor scoring against this this defense unless Texas turns the ball over. They're not going to. This is this is they're not scoring more than fourteen points. No, so don't turn it over to the high 20s into the 30s and you're going to win and probably cover the game. Let's hear one more from Sark, number 3 tied uh, on trusting your training. This is something you hear from from coach a lot. You know, we train you how to do it right. Use, you know, trust your training especially in Big 12 play where You know, these teams know you and scout you all year long. I mean, this is what you spend your entire offseason, these assistant coaches and these staffs, of drilling down on these teams that you know you're going to face year in, year out. And the Longhorns have had essentially the same coaching staff for three years. So a lot of familiarity now between this Baylor staff and Texas here, Sark, on trusting that training.
3: I don't know if it ever necessarily becomes easier because of who you're playing. You know, I think this. I think in the Big 12, we've got really good coaches, um, starting with Coach Aranda this week and his staff. Um, you know, he's done it at a high level for a long time. And so um, it's easy to fall back on, you know, the last you know, few years and, and whatnot and the multitude of things that he does. Uh, but inevitably, good coaches are going to find ways to try to try to defend you or try to attack you whatever, whatever phase that you're, you're talking about. And so trusting your training is is counting on your fundamentals, your techniques um trusting the calls that are being made around you and the communication that that's being made and that making sure that everybody's on the same page and cohesive with what we're doing um and so the the opponent necessarily doesn't matter i think it's that it's the focus being on us and so regardless of the look that you get that we execute that call in particular to the best of our ability and then it's our job as coaches to make the proper adjustments you know in game on the sideline or in the locker room at halftime uh, to try to attack things accordingly.
0: All right, there's Sark behind the burn orange curtain. Longhorn's getting ready. Coming up, we'll go behind the, uh, the green curtain. We're going to revisit our conversation with Craig Smoke. Uh, from last week, or from last week. Yesterday, we talked to Craig late in the show yesterday, but Craig covers the Baylor Bears on the daily uh, for Sikkim 365, so we'll hear some thoughts from him about this Baylor team and what the Longhorns are walking into. Uh, they're not super optimistic in Waco, I'll tell you that. They're not, uh, they are not. They haven't seen much to be really fired up about. They're just trying to hold on right now, knowing Texas is coming to town, the third-ranked team in the country, and more than two touchdowns, a favorite in this game. Coming back, though, we'll do bullish or BS. Uh, big topics out there. Ty and I will debate with you. Want to hear from you on the Specs text line. 512 337 3776. It's Ian Rod B with Rod out this morning. Come right back. APD indicating a crash on the westbound side of Anderson 183 heading toward the ramp to southbound I 35. So there could be a backup there. Further south, we're noting a delay toward 51st uh, where we have uh, some bumper to bumper traffic and yes, a, a blip on the radar here, uh, so that indicates a
1: possible crash. Now, Loop 360 northbound at Spicewood Springs, looks like things have uh, pretty much cleared up in that area. Had a serious crash earlier, but uh, most of those delays have uh, disappeared. As far as other issues, of course, westbound 71, Bastrop County toward Highway 21, again, still backed up, still closed. Uh, we had that the commercial vehicle collision that caused all those problems earlier. FM 12 at toll 130 near the northbound side, a collision there. I'm Don Miller, that's traffic. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'Em come up 1019 a.m. 1260 The Horn Wonder if I'm ever gonna
0: come back. Great Friday on uh, Ian Rodby. no Rod today. Rod is we uh, got the note, we got the call from Rod about 5:40 that his wife uh, and her water has broken. You know, Rod's uh, wife's been pregnant and uh, got three weeks ahead of the due date. Um, Rod has told us that October seventh, the day of the Texas OU game, was that due date. It looks like it's coming a little bit early, but uh, that's plenty of time. Plenty of good, plenty good. I think all three of our children came a couple of weeks, maybe more, early to, to the due date, which uh, is always a good thing. Because Rod was just saying yesterday or earlier this week that his 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 wife is ready to go. Man, she is ready to have this baby, and looks like it's going to happen. Um, uh. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, and we'll keep you posted as that happens. Speaking of keeping you posted, we'll get you an update on the punt, pass, and kick competition between Ty and uh, Casey Studdard yesterday over at Westlake High School. Got to get the full play-by-play on that. But first, on a bullish or BS conversation. This is our segment in bullish or BS. Uh, segments and things in the sports world we are bullish on or calling BS. I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to play you this, Ty, and then ask you a question about it. Here it was. This day, September the 22nd, 2007, one of the greatest pieces of sports audio we've collected over our time. Here we go.
1: If anybody hasn't read this article, I don't read it. This was brought to me by a mother of children. I think this is worth reading. Let me tell you why I'm talking about this article. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate, it's fiction. Here's all that kid did. He goes to class, he's respectful to the media, He's respectful to the public, and he's a good kid. And he's not a professional athlete, and he doesn't deserve to be kicked when he's down. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not, a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me or our coaches. That's all I got to say. makes me want to puke.
0: puke. All right, bullish or BS? That happened 16 years ago this day in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and to this day, Ty, that is still bullish or BS—the best piece of sports audio we have in our archive. Yes, there's a lot. <laughs> there,
2: there's a lot of Mike Gundy in here. Uh, I mean, we probably have f- four sound bites just off that minute. right Yes, there. yes, it's awesome stuff. Awesome, very bullish on, and that.
0: it's much longer than that. Actually, that's a minute we, we paired back. But man, we made we made um, and not just us across the the sports radio landscape, but we made uh, promos about that. We so get it. your
1: facts straight, get them right.
0: Garbage, I tell you. And it was garbage. Uh, so yeah, there's Mike Gundy. Happened 16 years ago today, 2000. It's hard to believe. Time flies. Time flies. Also, bullish or BS? Uh, you were bullish on your challenge with uh, Casey Stuttered yesterday, Rod, but or Ty, but you uh, came up a bit short. You told us earlier that Casey won the. The the passing accuracy and distance challenge. There was no accuracy to it, by the way. There was none? It was, we, we did all distance. All distance. Oh, see, you didn't do the full <laughs> need, And I mentioned there, I couldn't make it. I ended up having to get, I got delayed on a couple of things, recording a podcast that I do, and it got delayed, so I didn't get to get over there. And by the time I could get out there, it was it was over. But so you, uh, he won the passing contest easy. Yeah, said. by about 12, 12, 12 yards. 12 yards. He, you said Casey heaved it like 50 yards. Close to it. Close he got a gun. It. I've seen him play softball. Also, um, he won the punting competition. I won the punting. Competition. You won punting. He won field goal kicking. Barely. This
2: he <laughs> won two out of two out of three events. But this this could be a different, very different story. This. So morning.
0: when we get to see the video, because you and you, you, Casey, and our our digital producer Jacob Standard, did all this, I didn't get to see it. Rod had to go do honeydews. Uh, so we're all going to watch it for the first time. Is is it going to be funny? To be compelling. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, come me, on, man.
2: Uh, people thought me getting crushed by ghost pepper wings last week was funny. That wasn't that wasn't funny for me in the moment, but Jacob no, I, works his magic. He's a he's a great editor, so I'm sure he'll put something together that's
0: very very good together. Says guys, because he's fat. Yeah, make fun of him. He's fat. <laughs> still one of the great. <laughs> I could listen to that all day long. That's so good. That's my favorite part of it. I'm surprised yeah. they edited that out. Because he's fat? <laughs> <laughs> Too much, man. Oh, man. Mike Gundy, the gift that keeps on giving. Heck, he gave a gift this week when he did his press conference. We played the audio earlier this week where he said, can, can, can you find that real quick, Ty? Do you still have that? Uh, that that piece of, of audio I sent you? Mike Gundy, this week, uh, while after his team lost at home to South Alabama out of the Sunbelt Conference, 33-7, to he was asked, you know, what's going on here? Are there major problems? And, and here's Mike Gundy. No, no, he's good
4: the minor problems clearly you get those worked out Mm -hmm. the major problems can they be fixed I
1: don't think we have majors I mean I'm just being honest I mean um, I'm going to be able to give you a really good thought three weeks from now Um, the let me go back now what we, what we did out there Saturday was ugly I'm not saying anything other than that but I'm saying it's not I don't see it as a major issue I see it when I watched the tape I looked I felt a lot better than I did when I went home let's put it that way I think everything that we're doing we can improve in enough to to play and compete and give ourselves a chance to win games
0: I mean there's they're, they're staying positive and then there's that his team is two and one okay that's true but you lost at home 33 to 7. You're, you didn't show up in the game, your team.
1: Hey, what's up, folks? This is your lifetime.
0: Yeah, so there we go. And by the way, in that game against South Alabama, the powerhouse they are out of the Sunbelt Conference, Oklahoma gained 200 yards. Total offense at home. 94 rushing, 114 passing. No problems, though. And they played three quarterbacks. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Nothing to see here. Uh, all right, well, a lot to see here. We will uh, – Preview of the Baylor game with Craig Smoke of Sikkim 365. We will also get back to this big win last night for the San Francisco 49ers to open up week three. Brock Purdy was great, and that uh, 49er offense was moving. We'll also get you the thoughts on the Cowboys and their loss of Trevon Diggs, their Pro Bowl cornerback. And all things were kicking around. It's a Friday. It's a football Friday here on Ian Rodby. Hook them up.